It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What up, world? It's Pass First Point Guard and Blazer Beat Writer Mike Richmond. Let's do another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts. Today is our latest edition of the Locked On Blazers Countdown to Tip Off. We're looking at every player on the roster and giving you a brief but thorough look at what they'll bring to the Trail Blazers this season. We're going to look at how they performed last season. Uh, When applicable, how they wound up on the Trailblazers. We'll explore the best and worst case scenarios for the upcoming year. And then we'll finish the episode with a discussion of expectations and likely role on this season's squad. This is our sixth installment of uh, the Locked on Blazers countdown to tip off. So if you've missed any of other uh, player previews, player capsules, check your feed. Uh, We've got five other ones there waiting for you. Today we're talking all things Norman Powell and Robert Covington. So let's start with a look at what they both did last season. Let's start with Rocco, Big Bob Covington, average 8.5 points, 6.7 rebounds, 1.7 assists, and 1.4 steals in 32 minutes last season across 70 games all starts. He shot 40.1% from the floor, 37.9% from three, and 80.6% from the free throw line. The Blazers acquired Covington in the previous offseason last summer, or... uh, winter, as it were. Um, They acquired Covington in exchange for Trevor Reza and a couple first-round picks, and Rocco stepped in and was immediately a hyper-useful starting power forward. Um, He was a legit floor spacer, setting a career high in three-point shooting at nearly 38% a game, and he was one of the league's best help defenders. Uh, He finished second in the league in deflections per game, behind only Fred Van Vliet of the Toronto Raptors, and he was first in total deflections, just in terms of total quantity. Nobody deflected more passes than Robert Covington. Dude has great hands, great instincts, and he was in the lane all the time. He was an elite, elite role player. An elite just like, he he does what he does so, so well. He had twice as many games with three plus steals, 12, as he did with more than 15 points, just six. Like, guy is gets in the passing lanes, and even if he has a really nice scoring night, it's not like consecutive big 25-point scoring explosions. What makes Robert Covington special is that he is he is a steals maestro, a deflections maestro, and an elite, elite help defender. He's a, he's a, a shooter, a spacer, but what he really is is one of the great sort of team defenders in the league. Um, Covington really, like, he really is great, and he's he his ceiling, though, is just elite complementary part, is what, what all of this is to say. In the playoffs, he played about as well as you could possibly ask. I mean, he was quietly fantastic in the playoffs. He averaged 9.3 points, 
7.8 rebounds, 1.2 steals, or excuse me, 1.2 assists, 1.5 steals. He shot 50% from the floor, 50% from three, and 90% from the free throw line. So he averaged 9 and 8 on 50, 50, 90 shooting. That, for, for what he is, the Blazers' fifth option on offense and, and, and what he's asked to do on that end, 9-8 and eight on 50-50-90 shooting is about as, about as good as you could possibly ask for. He was outstanding, as was the whole sort of collective Blazers starting lineup, but his skill set alone kind of doesn't allow him to push his ceiling much further than, than it is. Like, Robert Covington is what he is. He's an, he's an elite and, and wonderful role player, but like Robert Covington at his best is still just an elite and and wonderful role player. He doesn't um there is no ceiling in which Rocco is a, is a star. What he is is an absolute star in his role and quite frankly he was exactly that for what the Blazers uh what the Blazers asked him to do and what he did last season he was absolutely that. Norman Powell averaged with the Portland Trailblazers averaged 17 points, 3.3 rebounds, 1.9 assists, played 34.4 minutes a night in 27 games all starts with the Blazers, shot 44.3% from the floor, 36.1% from 3 and 88% of the free throw line. Before he came to Portland, he was in the middle of a absolute career year with the Toronto Raptors, the only team he had played for uh, prior to coming over at the trade deadline. He was averaging, with the Raps, he was averaging a career-best 19.6 points per game, nearly 20 points per game, 19.6, and shooting 43.9% from three, a career high. Uh, basically, a 20-point-per-game score on 44% shooting from deep. He was, this was Norm, contract near, year Norm looking just fantastic. Fantastic with a Raptors team that was uh, admittedly scuffling and he was asked to take on a bigger role and he stepped right into it and was really good. Um, the Blazers acquired Norm in exchange for Gary Trent Jr. And, Rod- and Rodney Hood and when Norm came over he was right away an immediate upgrade. He had 22 in his Blazers debut, admittedly a weird game in which uh, the Blazers didn't have uh, Damian Lillard. It was kind of a, a, a strange ask for him to debut but like he was it was immediately apparent that he was going to be useful and um and and provide some help on both ends of the floor where they needed it he was solid as heck uh just three of his 27 games where he failed to score double digits like he just he you know he averaged 17 a game and he was and he was pretty darn consistent in that 17 a game it's not like he had like 39 and then four um he was he was hitting his marks uh on he had, he did have one weird scoreless night late in the season but for the most part nor if norm was out there norm was doing what he does which is get buckets he was pretty clearly an upgrade over gary Trent jr just immediately um if, if nothing else just for the variety of his offensive game gary Trent jr shoots two ways he shoots step backs from threes he shoots step backs from the mid-range norm just has has so much more variety and and powell did not shoot as nearly as well from three with the blazers as he did with with the raptors um and there's you know 44 from three in toronto and then just 36 percent slightly below league average as a three-point shooter in portland league average is right around 37 percent or was right around 37 percent last year um but Norm's interest in being a pesky defender and his ability to get to the free throw line were immediate upgrades. Um, he is a he's maybe not as um, you know obviously a better defender than Gary Trent Jr. Just sort of when you watch it, because Gary Trent Jr. is flying around doing stuff. But Norm is Norm is an elite defense was a, not excuse me not an elite defense player, but he was an upgrade defensively absolutely over what Gary Trent Jr. provided. Um, his his sort of length and his and his like just higher IQ on that end made him a better defender and his variety of offense like I said just was um, a massive upgrade he got to the free throw line uh, he could you know attack the rim Gary Trent is not a rim player uh, Norm was second on the team in free throw attempts per game like just that ability to go and get fouled was something the Blazers desperately desperately needed and and 
Howe immediately provided that upon upon his arrival. In the playoffs, um, Norm was mostly quiet other than an awesome game four in which he scored 29 points. In the other five games, he averaged, you know, below his season average, 44.6 points per game, excuse me, 14.6 points per game in uh, in uh, the other five games of the playoffs beyond that game four, um, the scorching hot 29 point uh, performance. He was six of twenty-two from deep. He was four for four in game four, and then the other in the rest of the series, six for twenty-two from deep. He wasn't necessarily bad. Like I don't, I don't want to paint a picture that he was bad in the postseason. He had eighteen in a game and seventeen in another game. Like he's, he just he he's solid. He does what he does. But he was only excellent one night, and the team needed probably another great one from him, particularly when uh, C.J. McCollum was also struggling. This summer, though, Powell is recommitted to be back with the Portland Trailblazers. He signed a five-year, $90 million contract to stay with the Blazers, likely earning that fifth year thanks to the negotiating leverage he had. Um, the Blazers had no options to replace him if he had walked. They weren't going to be a cap space team. Uh, they weren't, they just, they don't have other players in the roster to take the reins of what Norm provided. There was already an opportunity cost in trading away Gary Trent Jr. Uh, there was the Norm had the negotiating leverage and what that leverage meant was instead of a four-year deal, probably, you know, instead of four for 72, he ended up with five for 90, no options on it. So Norm's back, he's part of the core, and he's been pretty good. And Rocco's back, who was the previous sort of big upgrade in the prior offseason, the guy that the team was um, pretty excited about uh, returning. And both of them are going to be a big part of, of of what this group looks like next season, and that's what I want to talk about in uh, the second segment: is the best and worst case scenarios for these for these two guys who are who are back. You know, Rocco in in uh, Rocco in year two, and Norm in his first full season with the Blazers. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll lay out the polarities: what does the best case scenario look for like, and what does the worst case scenario look like? Uh, and then in the third segment, we'll close the show with sort of expectations where they're going to land based on those polls we lay out in the second segment. But before we get to the polls, before we get to best case and worst case scenario, let's talk a little bit about a little bit about Directv. Listen, this probably sounds familiar to you. You've got one device that lets you catch the game live and another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone and you've got your neighbors, best friends, little sisters, grandmas, cousins log in for the good stuff. That's a lot of people. You might not have that many directions. You might not have that many steps away, but you know you got the secret login from someone you kind of know just so you can watch what you want to watch. Well, let me tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle, without the login steps, without nobody's grandma's sisters, aunties, cousins, whatever. It's a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites like you've never seen before so you can watch your favorite sports your favorite movies and your shows all in one place you don't have to buy a device ever again you don't have to juggle remotes you don't have the hassle and plus best part no annual contract so get rid of the clutter and the confusion get your tv together with direct tv stream you can learn more at directtv.com that's directtv.com compatible device required content varies by package today's show is also brought to you by sleeper the fantasy experts that have fixed fantasy basketball. Back in 2018, the good folks at Sleeper were playing fantasy basketball and they realized that it was it was busted. The whole the whole enterprise was broken. Games were just being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. So here's what they did. They developed a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball that they introduced in 2020. It's called Game Pick, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pick, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count towards their team's total score, ensuring that an even number of games are played between opponents. So the days of losing just because your opponent's player simply had more scheduled games, 
they're done. That's over with. The days of mindless daily busy work, that's over with too. And the days of giving up halfway through that fantasy basketball season because of the busy work that you just had to do to stick with it, well, that's also over. Because in game picks, you pick one game per week based on player matchups, home and away, opponent's defensive rating, pace of play in the game that you expect, and more. All that adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Look, Sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code. So if you play fantasy football, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy versus doing that daily busy work, you're going to love game picks. So download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. All right. Let's talk more about Norman Powell and Robert Covington. We talked about what they did last season with the Blazers in in the previous segment. Now I want to talk about best case scenarios. And we need to be clear. We need a caveat. We have had a caveat with all these things. Like I said, this is our sixth installment of of our player capsules. And I I want to make sure we hit it in every one in case you haven't listened. If you've missed those, go back and watch them. Um, uh, It's it's a good way to sort of get prepared and get, get a sense of what guys contribute and what they might contribute next season. But the best case and worst case scenarios are supposed to be within reason and without injury. So we're talking about the the reasonable best case scenario for each for each of these guys and and a worst case scenario that happens on the court it is without injury we want to talk about stuff that happens between the lines on the hardwood you know it's obvious worst case scenarios would involve bodies breaking down and best case scenarios can involve MVPs, but those are either uninteresting or not reasonable solutions, <laughs> not reasonable scenarios for every player on the roster. So what's the best case scenario for Robert Covington look like? The best case scenario looks a lot like last season, quite frankly. Uh, I, I feel like that was not the absolute peak of what Covington can be, but it is darn close. The best case scenario is that he continues to be an above average shooter from deep and sets yet another career high from three, pushing that percentage up towards 40% from distance. And the best case scenario is that he remains his status as an elite help defender ranking near the top of the league in deflections and steals yet again this season and that the defensive scheme under Chauncey Billups that is generally more aggressive further accentuates his skill set. What makes Robert Covington good is just complemented by what the Blazers want to do on defense. He, 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 an elite help defender, is asked to play a defensive scheme where the help is more aggressive, and he's even better at doing what he does because the ask is a little bit different. The best case scenario is that the Blazers' offense allows for even more open looks and that Rocco becomes a lethal fifth option on a potent starting group and that, defense, and that the defensive scheme, like I said, fits him even better. The best case scenario is that the Blazers become an above-average defense, giving Robert Covington a very legit claim to the spot on one of the all-defensive teams. He, There were people who were making the case for Covington last year, but the Blazers ranked 29th in defense. It wasn't realistic. The, the best-case scenario within reason this year is that the Blazers are an above-average defense. They're something like 9th to 12th in defense, and the reason they take a step forward is because they have one of the great help defenders in the league, Robert Covington, and he gets some hardware. Some con- or, or if nothing else, con- real consideration for that hardware at the end of the year. That's the best case scenario. What's the worst case scenario for Rocco? It's that his shooting slips a little bit and he becomes a below average shooter, which hurts his already relatively limited offensive arsenal. And the worst case scenario is that like defensively, it's, it's mostly more about the roster than it is about what Rocco is. But the worst case scenario is that on too many occasions, he's asked to be the Blazers' point of attack defender against the elite wings in the league, which 
A, is in his strong suit. He's got really fast hands and relatively slow feet. He's, he's better at timing on the backside than he is at shutting you down from getting, getting to the rim. And not only does the asking him to be that point of attack defender kind of... Uh, just like not fit what he does well, it completely neuters what is his actual high level defensive skill. Like it, it, you not only say, Hey, here's something that you're not very good at. It's saying, we know you're already an excellent help defender, but if we put you at the point of attack defender, you can't be that. The worst case scenario is that Covington, an elite complimentary part. And I truly, truly think that about his game gets his best attributes overshadowed by the Blazers worst instincts. That's ISO ball on offense and lack of high level defenders on defense. So for Norman Powell, what's the best case scenario? It's that the flamethrower that started last season in Toronto arrives in Portland and sticks around for the whole season. He shoots well above 40% from three while still providing that rim thread and earning free throws at a relatively high rate as one of the, the better guys on the team at both getting to the rim and then earning trips to the free throw line. The best case scenario is that Chauncey Billups, as promised, fully unlocks Norman Powell's offensive game, turning him from mostly sort of a floor spacer into a more well-rounded offensive weapon. We've already seen hints of this as, as Billups has, uh, you know, gotten Powell sort of more touches when he's on the move, allowing him to catch going towards the rim, and then the Blazers one preseason game as that's happened as of this recording, uh, and, you know, just giving Powell more chances to do more of what he does on offense, which is mostly get his own buckets. The guy can really score. Dude is, as uh, my friend Sean Woodley says, a bucket, and it, the best case scenario is that Chauncey Billups unlocks all of the ways that Norman Powell can be a bucket. Um, the other best case scenario is that Powell is the answer on defense the Blazers want him to be and that we don't use the word undersized and instead that is replaced by the word impressive. The worst case scenario for Powell is that he's a shooting guard miscast as a small forward and it's he's simply asked to do things that are beyond his skill set. Much like Robert Covington, I think the worst case for Norman Powell is more about the Blazers' roster than what he brings. I believe both of these dudes are really solid if you get them in the right role. And the worst case scenario is that the Blazers have them in the, in a role that doesn't maximize what they're best at. That is often the case for many NBA players, but I think it's really specific for options number four and five on a really good team who are then asked to carry the load of a good a good deal of the load on defense and the worst case scenario for norman powell is that his height becomes a talking point in the media and a point of emphasis in the scouting report the worst case scenario is that a slight he's a slightly below average three-point shooter like he was most of or all of last season with the portland trailblazers and then that sticks around for a full year which really makes it harder for him to be a potent slasher as teams more regularly dare him to shoot from deep the worst case scenario is that Powell's contract becomes a talking point not just a footnote as the price of doing business with a solid NBA wing in the third segment I want to come back and talk about role and expectations but I want to note here and we'll and uh, and we'll note it again briefly in the third segment is that the best and worst case scenarios are meant to be the polls I think um because I'm a big believer in sort of both of these dudes' abilities to contribute, uh, I, I don't. I, I kind of think they're they're relatively narrow and sort of best case and worst case scenarios. Like I, I don't think Norman Powell morphs into an all star and a twenty five point per game score, but I do think he can be really darn good. Uh, and I think his worst case scenario is not that he's like an unplayable player; it's that he's just like a he should be playing two guard and they but he can play three. And the same with Rocco; he's an elite 
complimentary part. And the worst case scenario for him is that the what makes him special doesn't fit the ask and the blazers say hey we need you to just be something you're not um he's not tony allen that's not what he is he's not dennis rodman that's not what he is he's an he's he's really good at what he what he does and and both of these guys if the ask is if ask is fair i think they sort of bend towards their best case scenario so let's talk a little bit about what that looks like my expectations for both of these gentlemen in the third segment to close out the show but before we get there i want to tell you all about built bar the best tasting protein bar that there is and one that's got some fun flavors you go to built.com right now you can buy you can get your hands on some limited time fun flavors like apple almond crisp strawberry puff or churro puff those puff flavors a um, little bit different texture than your standard built bar a little airier a little lighter um, kind of have like a sort of like a sneaky almost almost crunch gooeyness to them a sort of mixture between crunch and gooeyness uh, the puff flavors have been pretty fun churro puff was super popular when it was it was here before and now it's back for instance and listen all of these are all of these are delicious there's there's some classic ones that are still available like uh, my personal favorite peanut butter brownie and another favorite of mine uh cookies and cream double chocolate raspberry coconut also all some classics are still there but take these limited time flavors like every built bar they're going to be covered in 100 chocolate they got a candy bar like texture but they also pack a punch not only tasty but healthy too take the churro flavor for instance 17 grams of protein 130 calories 5 grams of sugar that is macros that you can use in a delicious bar. So don't wait around. Go get yourself some of these. Go to built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your next order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. Still a pass first point guard. Still Mike Richmond. Still listening to Locked on Blazers. We're talking all things Norman Powell and Robert Covington here in today's episode is our latest edition of... The countdown to tip-off. Lockdown Blazers are player capsules, player previews, whatever you want to call them. We've done six of these. Uh, I can just rip them off in case you're interested in listening to the other ones. They're all available on YouTube or they're also available wherever you already get podcasts. Uh, We've done Yusuf Nurkic. We've done Nazir Little. We've done CJ McCollum. We have done Cody Zeller. We've done Anthony Simons. We've done Larry Nance Jr. Now we've got Norm and Rocco here. So that's nine guys on the roster we've covered. We're going to cover everyone before opening night. I got a plan. We're going to look at everyone in the same way, sort of the same format. So we, you know, review their last season, look at their look at their best and worst case scenarios. And then I want to talk about roles and expectations. So let's close out the show talking about roles and expectations for Norm and Rocco. Uh, both of these gentlemen are going to start. <laughs> that's a spoiler the Blazers know who their um 
they're, they really believe in their starting lineup of Dame, CJ, Norm, Rocco, and Nurk. It was excellent to end last season, one of the best in the league. Uh, they were one of the best offenses in the league with that group to close the year. And they were kind of middle of the road on defense with this group. Like they weren't, they weren't horrific. It was just all the other minutes when they were just a nightmare on defense. And hopefully some of the other additions have, have addressed that nightmare. But this group makes sense and they're not going to change it um, if it ain't broke, so to speak. And I don't, for my money, this is not broke. Um, so, the, you know, Norman Powell's your starting shooting guard. Robert Covington is your starting power forward. I, For my money, Robert Covington makes much more sense as a power forward than a small forward, although maybe his size suggests that he could play the three in the league. But four is more of a help help defender type position. Uh, if, you're, if you're a three with a more traditional four on the roster with you, then it kind of pushes Rocco into that point of attack defender where he's got to guard wings and initiators. And if he's guarding on the ball, if he's in the immediate action, he's not as effective as if he's helping off the off of somewhere else. So, um, I view Covington as a four and I view him as a, as like a solid four. Uh, I also think there's like, um, there's a minutes, there'll be a little, like a slightly difference in minutes, but mostly for Norman Powell. Norman played 34 and a half minutes last year with the Blazers. I don't think he's going to play that much this year. I think he's going to drop down to about 30 a night. Cove played 32 minutes a night. I think that's pretty similar to what he'll play this year. So you can expect relatively similar roles. Uh, I think one of the curious questions, and I think as much as like expectations in, in this segment is much about like what what questions do we still have to answer? Because what are you expecting is, is a question in and of itself. But uh, Norm, they've kind of promised Norm a bigger role. Chauncey Billups has, has talked to him about a bigger role. And, uh, you know, he was apparently sold in... in uh, free agency by uh, Neil Olshay by getting this coaching staff was going to be someone who who unlocked all the parts of his game. Now, I, I am I'm a big Norman Powell fan, big Norman Powell believer, big Norman Powell guy, but I don't think he has this like extremely varied game that he had last year. I think this is more about just getting him more shots. Um, he's not much of a playmaker. He's not an elite rebounder, but he can he can score at a bunch of different levels. He can shoot it from three. He can get himself to the rim. He can get a free he can get a free throw line. He's not crazy sort of creative off the bounce, but he's um, um, he's aggressive looking for his own offense and he can score at all three levels for sure. Like he's, he's dude's a bucket. So I think it's more about just getting Norm more shots. And I think that'll be curious about how they go about it. Uh, the Blazers play a preseason game. On, I'm recording this on Sunday, October 10th. The Blazers play a preseason game on October 11th in which Damon CJ aren't going to play. So we're still a little bit away from kind of getting more, um, more looks at what that might mean. But I will say this, based on what we know about this, it, Anthony Simons is going to get a bunch of minutes as a backup shooting guard. I think that's going to eat a little bit into Norm's time. I think he's going to play less next season. So it's more about how much do they maximize him in playing for, you know, two less minutes a half. More more shots, I think, is going to be uh, what Norm wants to see. A little more involved in the offense and, and a little more variety of how he's involved. It's, it's, you know, running him off cuts and getting the ball moving towards the rim is a much more sort of palatable way for him to play than spacing him and having him be just sort of like a, a, a movement shooter, spacing in the corner and then kind of rising from the corner around the arc to the top of the arc like a little more variety in what how they use norm he can be a cutter he can be someone who um runs a weak side pick and like a you know backside pick and roll out off of off of the main action or they can just run stuff through him he's not a point guard not an initiator not a guy who's going to set stuff up but i think more more little like you know three percent more of norm is or something what we'll see and i think that's um i think that's a reasonable expectation particularly early in the season it's like a little more norm uh 
we'll see if things go if things go sideways i think we'll the blazers will lean back on what they do well and what they do well is give the ball to damon cj and uh and let them cook but if if they're if the if things are humming i think there's a reason to believe that we'll see more of norm and my expectations is we will we will see you know a, a subtle difference in sort of norm getting more more touches and more touches going towards the rim uh he's also just he's he's their starting small forward he's going to ask to have a bunch of tough defensive assignments i think that's what he wants he's probably a little miscast in that role like can norm guard Luka Doncic? no probably not but he's going to be asked to do that on a bunch of nights um and i think he wants he he wants relishes and wants that responsibility so um I don't expect that role to change. He's still going to be asked to be a defensive stopper, even though he's maybe a little miscast there. And I think like a slight uptick in offense. Role and expectations for Robert Covington, I, I you know, with all the promises, you know, more Ant, more Nurk, more Norm. Uh, you know, CJ and Dame don't really want to take a step back in minutes, so it's like more about changing their role, getting them off the ball more, and like making sort of a more egalitarian offense. Like, Roko, there's no ask for Roko. He just, he, this is, he, that's why he's role player gold. Like it's, he's going to do what he does. Um, there isn't going to be more shots or more stuff carved out for him. I don't think Rocco should shoot less. Um, he's an elite shooter. And as your fifth player, fifth, you know, fifth option on offense, that's, that's what like you want him to, to be the fifth option. You want him to probably have the fifth most field goal attempts, but you don't want him to shoot like way less, like a, like a super big reduction in, in Rocco's offensive role is, uh, is not a good thing. And so I, hopefully it's, I, I expect it to be about the same, but um, they're not going to run stuff for him. He's still going to be a spacer on offense. That's what he does well. Um, he kind of picks his spots. I think sometimes my gripe with Rocco is that he decides to shoot before he gets the ball. And, and when he gets it, he still shoots anyways. Um, he, you know, he shot, you know, 38% from three. It's fine. That's, that's like really good. Um, and, it, and his shooting opens up things for everyone else. So you don't want him to, you want him to still get his shots up and uh, it's, I think there's a lot of math, there are a lot of sort of studies to suggest that the willingness to shoot is almost, is typically more dangerous than the actual shot going in. So Rocco, get it up, decide to shoot early and get it up. But uh, in terms of role, I don't think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a very, very similar role. Hopefully the Blazers defensive changes where they're going to play. They're just more aggressive. Um, People are talking a lot about like how they guard pick and rolls and that, that changed a little bit, but for me, the big adjustment is how aggressive they are rotating over. If we saw in one in the first preseason game, they've been really aggressive in their help defense and the way that they've helped. And I think being a more aggressive help team could complement Roko more. I think you could see him be, uh, you know, even better in sort of just like the raw steals category. Um, he'll be up there in deflections because he's so darn good at it. I think playing him some minutes next to Nance, where they both, um, you know, both two elite steal guys, elite deflection guys in the lineup could could help uh, Roko because just another really smart help defender. They those you know those things there is no uh you know the market doesn't get saturated on guys who are really like high defensive iq guys you could always have more of them so i expect a really similar role from roco as much as anyone else on the team like as as much as as damon cg might have to make minor adjustments and there's whole talk about norm and nurk and simon's making like Rocco, I think we know what to expect, and I think the best part about his game is that he's re- he's sort of just reliably a, a high-level complementary part. Not capable of being anything more than that, but being a high-level complementary part is just is is it is very very useful really good teams need really good complementary players if the blazers fancy themselves a really good team they're going to need a guy like Rocco. every good team could use a robert covington and the blazers will be ha- happy to have him um quite frankly these are two of my favorite players in the roster uh i 
I really like watching Norm. I really love Rocco at his best. Um, these are these are as fun a dudes as, as are on the roster. There's no disrespect to Dame and CJ or anything like that, but if you're just talking personal preference, uh, your boy, pass for his point guard, loves chuckers and loves uh, smart defenders. That's... Uh, um, <laughs> Maybe two people outside my own my own skill set and certainly my own moniker, but um, lo- love both these dudes. Like really, 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 really excited to watch Norman Rocco this year. Two two absolutely fun players on this team. Other than Larry Nance, probably um, the two dudes I'm most excited to see like what what they look like in this in this whole um, this whole Chauncey Billups year one experiment. I'm 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 super excited. Uh, rest of this week, we're gonna have one more player preview. Uh, I'm hoping to lock down an interview this week. Like I said, if you're if you're new to the podcast welcome uh we do five of these a week free and wherever you get podcasts and also available on youtube uh we are pushing up as hopefully by the time you listen to this we'll be at 500 uh subscribers on youtube youtube we are we are going for 1000 by halloween so if if you have considered or or this is the first time you're listening and you just found out we're on youtube we're on youtube go subscribe search for lockdown blazers subscribe to the show we'd love to have you you can see my face you can see inside my little podcast studio i uh, uh, got a fun little setup so if you haven't if you haven't watched any youtube videos haven't subscribed go ahead and do that but this is a daily podcast we do this every week or every day of the week, uh, Monday through Friday. So we got shows coming the rest of the week. We're going to do mailbag later this week. Uh, the Blazers play a game on Monday night, so we're going to push mailbag back. It's going to I'm going to record it on Tuesday, and, we're, and it'll, it'll post in your feed on Wednesday. Uh, it might get bumped if there's um, if there's an, if, depending on when I can get uh, the interview I'm trying to lock down. But we will see what it happens. I'm going to do interviews each week for this uh, the whole season long. Um, you know schedule permitting of course but this show is um you know the show's better with variety and adding another voice adds variety i want to make this show as good as it can possibly be that's my goal with every one of these so uh, i realize that doing more interviews will make this better if you have other things you want to see email me lockedonblazerspod at gmail.com otherwise just come back for more we got more player previews we're gonna have a mailbag we're gonna have an interview we got it we, we're gonna talk about the blazers playing preseason games they play uh monday wednesday friday this week uh we'll 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 recap those games after they happen so a lot of fun uh the season is is 10 days away as i record this like it's it's here i'm excited i hope you are too so subscribe to the podcast on youtube and then tell your friends they can get it wherever they already get podcasts in addition to youtube just search lockdown blazers wherever you're looking for us and we will be there waiting for you appreciate you listening talk to you soon Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.